This broadcast is sponsored by Summit Bible College. Welcome to the Summit Show. This is week two segment on Stormbreakers. We've been talking about depression and overcoming depression. We as Christians, as blood-bought, spirit-filled Christians, believe in the healing power of God. So when we talk about topics like depression, we don't believe that it's a terminal illness. That's something that you have to struggle with for the rest of your life. We believe that Christ heals, and He does it in amazing ways, in unconventional ways, sometimes in ways that we would never have guessed. But nevertheless, He's always extending out His hand, reaching out with His mercy to heal us and extend a better life of wholeness. So, if you're new to this segment and you didn't hear last week, I will let you know that we are on iTunes Podcast, Google, Anchor, Spotify, under the summit show so welcome again daniel sams how are you doing i am blessed and beloved again thank you so much for having me on here it's, it's definitely an honor it's so nice to have you so you rent an office through summit bible college's new building and you are a counselor um and your ministry is called Stormbreakers, which is the same name of your book that is available on amazon it's a book about overcoming depression it's a very easy read it's an excellent book um Tell us a little bit about where you're at in ministry right now, what you see God doing in this season for Stormbreakers. Um, I, I think really right now God is kind of uh, pushing me to the foreground in, in working in Stormbreakers and getting this message out to other people that you really don't have to struggle with depression anymore. It, there really is freedom in the Word of God. Uh, and he specifically says, I put all things under my feet. That's what Jesus says. And so all things to me includes depression. And so as long as I'm following and, and, and doing his word, that goes under his feet. Um, and I really want to make sure that that message gets out there. That's the thing that God has told me to tell people is that, look, there is freedom from depression. So you're saying that because you yourself have been free. Correct. Yeah. Like I said um, uh, earlier, I'd been on a, a five-year depressive episode and, and God completely set me free from depression. Uh, I don't suffer from intrusive thoughts. I don't suffer from uh, any kind of uh uh, spiritual warfare in the sense of uh, I'm not stuck in my bed anymore. I'm not thinking um, I'm unworthy anymore. I'm not looking at myself as being um, something, somebody that everybody hates. All those intrusive thoughts that people struggle with, those are all completely gone. Um, God has really given me uh, and healed me entirely through trusting his word. That's amazing. People today listening, maybe you know somebody who's struggling with depression, and maybe you yourself, maybe you are struggling with depression. It's been something that has been a problem for a long time. Maybe it's cyclical. It happens, and then it goes away. You dip low, and then you come out of it. Um, I think that the message today is here to show you that not only is there hope for you personally, but there are tools for you as a person who loves Christ to take these tools to other people who are under the the major um, deception of depression. Um, you have tools, you have things that you can provide for people to help them out of it. And um, I just want to remind you that, you know, Christ is always extending out his hand. He's always offering mercy. He's always offering a way out. Um, it talks about that in the word of God. We were talking about the book and I kind of just want to go down the, the list um, to talk about, you know, God is because you didn't really allude that much on it. The first chapter is the purpose of the book. And then the second chapter is God is we're using the table of contents right now for Stormbreakers, by the way, listeners. So what is, what is this chapter about? God is it's really kind of the, the chapter that says, look, um, the Bible says that um, we must first believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And so 
we first stop at he is. We must believe that he's real. We must believe that he's faithful. We must believe that he is all the things that he says he is. When we believe that first, then all the other things come. And the, here's another example because God always works in, in uh uh, in Second Witnesses, Matthew six thirty three, it says, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you." Right. So that includes your healing. That includes overcoming depression. Seek the kingdom first, and He'll meet you in that area. So this uh, chapter is really about kind of breaking out that concept about why belief is so important, uh, about why it's absolutely necessary to lay that foundation before you move forward in the principles in the rest of the book. I love that you talked about the God is statement and you brought it back to scripture because that's from the, I think it's a Hebrews 11, right? Where it says that those who come to God must believe that he is and that he diligently rewards all who seek him. That is the perfect way to start out a book on healing. And I say healing because depression is something that we need to be healed from, right? Yes, and, definitely. Um, you definitely not only have a heart just for people being set free from depression, but talking to you, you have a heart for people to be set free and healed in Period. general. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no matter what it is. Yeah, right. Definitely. And you know, one of the, the first statements in that is Hebrews eleven six. By the way, um, it says, "But without faith, it is impossible to please God." And so we have to be seeking after faith. That's the primary thing that we're working with here. And so remember, when with God is as, as the chapter title. We have to have faith. We must believe. Um, and so we must believe that God is. We must have faith that he is all the things that he says, that he can heal our wounds in our souls. Uh, he can heal all the wounds in our minds, all of our uh, past struggles, all of our past burdens. All of those things can be healed through Jesus Christ, through faith in him. And he's pleased when we have that faith. Yeah, I always look at it like God's love language is faith. <laughs> yeah, You know, because awesome. we talk a lot about God, uh, about love languages. And the way that we touch the heart of God is through faith. Mm-hmm. And I want to I want to touch the heart of God. I want to I want to please the Lord. I want to love him. I want to honor him. And um faith isn't always an easy thing. It's not always something that comes natural for a lot of people, but right, guess right. what? What does Romans 10:17 say? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing true. by the word of God. Yes, it so does. if you're listening today and you don't know how to get faith and you don't have faith, Read the word of God. <laughs> Thunder rolling. Sorry about Read that. the word of God, right? And it's amazing because you talk in your book about depression being an appetite. Well, you have some other chapters that preface the depression being an appetite. Um, but faith is an appetite too. Right. It definitely is. So you can actually feed your faith and you can grow your faith. And what I heard you talking about last broadcast when you were saying depression is an appetite, so what is feeding your depression? Are you, um, you know, like, do you have behaviors is what you said that are really feeding that depression and giving it more power? Right. Well, what is feeding your faith? Because if you want your faith to grow, you have to feed your faith. And in order to feed your faith, you have to read the word of God and you build your faith up by reading the word of God. And it sounds to me like what you were saying is you took a major shift in your life when you were coming out of the transition of being in a major depression for many years. Mm-hmm. You shifted not, not only by... St- stopping feeding your depression but you started to feed your faith definitely uh, you know and I, I think that um, for lack of a better term we were talking about testing God earlier in, in the previous broadcast and I think that's really where I came from I said okay God you say you'll heal then I'm going to do all the things necessary to be healed you tell me what you want me to know you tell me what you want me to do and I believe you I'm going to do it um, and so when we're looking at depression um, it was really uh, the the 
the, this particular chapter kind of breaks down what depression looks like. Um, it talks about what the uh, Diagnostics and Statistics Manual uh, number five defines it as, but it really kind of misses what I believe is the spiritual connotations um, of depression, and I, th- I think it kind of leaves a little bit missing there. It tells you what happens when you're struggling with depression, but it doesn't really tell you what it is. Um, and so uh, really kind of looking at depression as more of a spiritual attack is really what kind of shifted for me um, when we realized that we're not just dealing with um, a chemical imbalance necessarily, which it's possible, um, but we could possibly be dealing with a spirit of heaviness is what the Bible calls it. Well, sometimes when you're being spiritually attacked, I mean, the origin of these things are spiritual, but they could throw you off chemically. When when you're being spiritually attacked, your body can actually respond to that in such a way where you experience brain fog and you experience chemical imbalances because if you tell yourself all day long that you're a loser i mean there's nothing that'll get your dopamine more (laughs) secreted (laughs) like more more uh, you know depleted i should say or your serotonin more depleted than just telling yourself that you're a loser all day long i mean my goodness so talk about a chemical imbalance that is it does create a chemical imbalance. Certainly. If you tell yourself lies. Right. Over and over and over again, eventually you're going to believe them and eventually you're going to walk in that same understanding and then it's going to manifest in your life. Um, here's a, a fun fact for you. Uh, most people don't know this. Do you know where uh, the serotonin is produced most in the body? No. It's actually in the gut. 90% comes from our gut. Uh, so what we eat, what we partake of, those are all things that affect our serotonin levels. Um, but also what happens in the gut, anxiety, stress, fear, worry, all of that manifests down there as well. So that all affects our chemical levels. But all of those things are mental. It starts in the mind. So how we think, how we process, how we approach our life, hey, I'm the worst person on the planet. That's going to affect the way our body reacts. It's all perfectly aligned. This is how God designed us. So that uh, when, we're, when we start shifting the way we are looking at ourselves, we look at ourselves through God's lens rather than our own lens. That tends to be the reason why we start thinking clearly. We start thinking differently. And then our body starts changing. And we start accepting the serotonin. We start accepting these chemicals that balance us out. It's all perfectly aligned by God's design. I mean, you feel so good when you're, like, holding a newborn baby or kissing a puppy. or I mean, there's things that you can do that make you feel good. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And then there's things that you can do that make you feel awful and things that you can think that make you feel awful. Right? Right. right. Um, I know for me, when I first started reading the Word of God, I remember, and I know, Daniel, that you can identify with this, based on your testimony and what I've heard you share... It's like when you really get a grip on the power that's in the Word of God and you start reading it, it's amazing the feelings that are produced inside you when you really believe the Word of God. Yeah. It really will move mountains. It really will move the mountain of depression out of your life. It will really move the anxiety out of your life. It will really do that because that's how perfectly God designed us. We respond to the word of God and we respond to the faith that comes from the word of God even physically it's not just you know ooh it's not just a spiritual thing it's a, a physical thing that responds to God it's amazing so going down these chapters um, what is a next point that you'd like to share kind of going down that table of contents uh, you know I think uh, the next one would probably be the hope is chapter um, and really uh, the important part here is is kind of balancing out uh, faith, hope, and love. I think we all have seen the signs. We've probably even read the scriptures. Uh, but I never really understood what that meant until God really revealed it to me that um, 
what depression is is an attack on the spiritual principle of hope. And what I mean by that is because um, he can't stop love. Jesus already came. He's already died on the cross. We have that access. And what hope is is really the belief that the things that God gave us, the gifts that he gave us through Jesus' sacrifice, is available to us as individuals. Faith is the substance that goes to the future, grabs those things, and brings them back to the present so that they're actionable now. So things like healing and salvation and deliverance and freedom and victory, all those things are in heaven. They're they're set aside for us. Faith takes those things and brings them back to this moment so that we can act on them. But if we don't have hope, if we don't believe those things are actionable now, then we can't receive them. And so that's why I believe this uh, depression is specifically an attack on hope. It's never going to get better. It's always going to be this way. I'm never going to believe. And all those different negative thoughts are hopelessness. Um, And so when we start approaching depression as being, again, um, this belief and this uh, affliction of a spiritual heaviness, um, and that we understand that our hope is under attack, we should start rising up and realize, okay, I need more hope. Well, where do I get hope from? I get it from the scriptures. I get it from God. Where once cometh my help, it comes from God. Um, and so that's what I would really want to share with you guys, is, is that's a really powerful chapter. It is, and, you know, it's crazy because when we go through a rough time, it doesn't even have to be, like, depression. We could just be going through a tough time, and a lot of the time we forget what Christ has already saved us from, what Jesus has already taken us through. I think that the devil wants us to forget the things that we've already overcome, And that's why there's so many simple things that we can do as a disciple where we have the resources in front of us where we can look back and say, Jesus has already saved me from this. And one of those things is journaling Hmm. and writing down our prayers and writing down the the prayers that have been answered. It's huge. Because it's so easy. Life is wild in that we all move so fast and things are happening so quickly that we easily can forget the even the little victories right that might really in the moment they might not have really been that little at all they were huge (laughs) But but then we think they were little because we just we forget the the gravity of those those little victories in our life like for someone that might be passing their driver's license test or whatever it is it's it's important to us though and we need to remember the things that are important to us that christ has saved us from because when we're struggling and we're in our dark place and the devil is trying to put um a veil over our eyes one of the best ways to lift that is by reciting the hope that he's already given us in the ways that he's already set us free amen amen uh, you know, and I, I think uh, we talk a little bit more about that in, in the following chapters about really just what God has really done for us um, in all the things that uh, He has laid out before us. Um, and if I take a look here at uh, the next chapters, um, we I, talked I, about appetite a little bit, but you could even re re address that if needed yeah and i think you know again i think appetite is really just something that we are looking at uh as being food related but we're not looking at it as being a consumption um and we can consume anything we can consume tv we can consume um uh sports we can consume alcohol we can consume drugs we can consume all these negative different things that will feed an appetite in us it's not necessarily just food that we're looking at um but you know and to your point earlier faith is something that we can feed uh based on the things that we're looking at uh and that's really what i think uh chapter number five is really all about 
Uh, number six, I think, is one of my favorite chapters because it really delves into spiritual defense. And it starts talking about what that looks like for the Christian. Um, and really starting to approach things um, because we're already talking about believing. We're already talking about understanding what we're up against. We are dealing with a spirit of heaviness. We then now have to not war carnally. We have to war spiritually. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, like it says in Second Corinthians 10.5. But it also says this in, in um, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16, Take up the shield of faith, whereby you may be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. Well, what are fiery darts of the wicked? And my proposition is that they're thoughts. So if we're dealing with negative intrusive thoughts and those things are hitting us, those are fiery darts of the wicked. You know, uh, and I give an example in the book of uh, driving over a bridge. And all of a sudden I remember this scenario that happened five years prior. Uh, and uh, it was just like, hey, remember when you did this? You're a terrible person. Everybody hates you. And I said, That's, I'm, in the, I'm alone in the car. Nobody's talking to me. Where did that come from? I know it didn't come from God, and I know it wasn't me going, hey, let me remember the worst times of my life. It was Satan throwing a fiery dart, and it hit me. It made it through my armor that Ephesians chapter 6 talks a lot about. Um, and so that chapter really kind of dives into that concept. You know, I've dealt with that before intrusive thoughts, mm -hmm. and it is the weirdest thing in the world <laughs> because I think... I know that obsessive compulsive disorder is essentially fueled by intrusive thoughts, but you know, if you struggle with, um, kind of like obsessive tendencies of wanting to wash your hands too much or something like that, right. um, when you have some tools and you really recognize, like I remember being set free from OCD when I first came to Summit Bible College, I went to a deliverance class when I was like 20 years old and I always struggled with OCD as a kid. So I would do, like I said, I would make sure the door was locked 10 times. I would wash my hands a lot. I was just, and it was always this mindset of if you don't do this, something bad's going to happen. Right, right? right. But when I got delivered from it and it was really a deliverance, um, I realized what I was doing. I was putting the devil and, and Jesus on the same on the same playing field, right. and like as if they were in a boxing match or something, duking it out. Like every time I don't do um, this, then the then the devil gets more power. It was like this mind game that I was playing. And when someone in the class, the deliverance class, really helped me to realize, like Christ has conquered the devil, right. and and he is Jesus is all powerful and almighty. Like when you give in to Satan, like. When you do those things, you're giving into fear. I I just had, and there was a lot said and a lot prayed. It just, I was delivered yeah. from it. But what happened when I had postpartum depression is essentially it came back with vengeance. Wow. And I didn't recognize it um, at the time when I was in the middle of postpartum depression because it wasn't compelling me to do actions per se. Hmm. But what it was doing was it was wrecking havoc in my mind mentally with the intrusive thought aspect of it. Right, so right. I had all the intrusive thoughts, but I wasn't like acting on them per se. Like I wasn't like washing my hands 10 times or something. Right. But the thoughts were just out of nowhere. It was like I would have a visual of something horrific that I don't even want to repeat. You know what I mean? Right, right. These visions of death and all these things that were that I was doing to myself, you know, and, and, the, and the suicide ideation and all this stuff that I had never even struggled with before. And my, it wasn't until I went to a psychiatrist who, by the way, never tried to get me on medication. Thank God he was the one that tested my thyroid and helped me to realize my thyroid was what was tanking on the second child. Awesome. Awesome. But he was the one that helped me to recognize, uh, Caitlin, that's an OCD. That's an obsessive. And you're right about, um, let me, I'm kind of backpedaling here, but what you said about the demonic attack is 100% right. So I'm not saying 
that OCD is just a clinical diagnosis. I believe 100% that OCD is a demonic thing. I believe that it is the devil. It's a bondage. So the world calls it OCD. (laughs) You know what I mean? But I'm, and I'm calling it that because it does feel like that. It's an obsessive compulsion, but those are thoughts that are not originated from us. And those are demonic. And what you were talking about is defending yourself and standing up. So what I will say is sometimes as wild as this sounds, no, I think that we need to segue since we have about seven minutes left in some action aspects of, of, um, of this. And one thing that I will do if I ever have those come up again is I will literally yell something in the word of God over myself to the point where I interrupt that thought so much. I will say, Jesus is Lord or something, whatever it is that comes to my spirit. I will take that little mustard seed and I will scream it so loud that my mind has to shut up. Exactly. I will praise him. I will turn up music so loud that I can't even hear myself think. Yeah. And you have to, I will speak in tongues and wonderfully made. I will speak in tongues. Yep. I will speak in the spirit. I will speak with understanding. I will speak without understanding. I will speak in the spirit of God. I will turn up music so loud that I can't hear myself speak in tongues because I don't want to distract myself. But I will connect to the the heart of the Father because you know what it says in Isaiah 59, 17. It says that when the devil comes in like a flood, when the enemy comes in like a flood, God will set a standard against him. So we need to yell the, the, the truth of scripture over our lives we need to we need to let heaven reign it says in scripture he encompasses the praises of his people so we need to praise when we have those moments and i'll tell you what it works it does and sometimes we have to do it 10 times 20 times 30 times i know that's annoying but the word of god says it what does it say resist the devil and he will flee he He eventually will flee yeah he will flee he's promised it in his word I'm sorry, I didn't mean to no, cut you off. No, just keep going. Uh, and I also would, would, would yeah. jump in here. In Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, it says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he, right? Uh, but that word heart there doesn't actually mean heart. It means soul. So as you think in your soul, that's how you are. But wait a minute, I, that means I have two different kinds of thoughts. There's thoughts of the mind, and there's thoughts of the soul. That's the important part of the mind, right? So when we're dealing with these intrusive thoughts, they're thoughts that are entering into our mind. We then have the power to make it true or false. If we accept it as true, it then goes into our soul, plants there, and fruits. But if we have deemed it as false, we then reject that thought, and we no longer have to struggle with it. It's gone, right? Which is exactly what you're saying. I'm not receiving that. I'm playing the music as loud as I can. I'm going to praise. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do all the things that are necessary to get out from underneath that struggle. Um, And so that's what uh, a big part that God kind of showed me is that not every thought I think is for me, from me, or for my good. Not every thought that I think is good for me. Because, again, we can have those negative thoughts. We can have those intrusive thoughts. Um, but I think also if I were to kind of jump over to the last chapter, um, the big thing that I, I really was uh, revealed to uh, by God was something that I'm calling the West Method. Um, and really, it's basically a filter for the way that we approach thought. Um, and so West, uh, it's an anagram, so each letter stands for something. Um, and so W stands for the Word of God. Uh, E stands for emotions, S is uh, schema, and T is truth, and it's really a filter for the way that we approach a thought. So if I have a thought, so let's say I'm the worst person in the world, what does the Word of God say about that? Well, God says that I'm the blessed and the beloved. He says that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, and that I'm for his glory and for his honor, so clearly I can't be the worst person on the planet because I'm for him. He, He has designed me, so therefore I can reject that thought emotions if my emotions are making this thought bigger or smaller than what it really is i should reject that thought 
ski, uh, I'm sorry, S for schema, and schema is a Latin word that means mind path. So if I have a previous history with this thought pattern, if I have a, a, a trauma, th- trauma exactly, a negative experience that has caused me to uh, lose something or to uh, struggle with that thing, then I automatically know I must change this thought. I cannot accept it as true. And the T is truth. Uh, T stands for truth where, in the sense that is it verifiable? Is it quantifiable? Is it provable? So that night that I was on the bridge and driving home and I heard that thought, hey, you're the worst person ever. Remember this thing that you did. Uh, I went to Bible study that night and I asked the people at the church, hey, do you remember me doing this? I said, no, not a clue. Don't remember that at all. I verified that it wasn't true because God told me, go ask them. Go see if it's true. So that's how I could determine that that was a lie. And I didn't have to accept that thought. So that's what the West uh, method is for, is really to be able to challenge thoughts as they come in, rather than just going, yep, that's true. I have to accept that. No, you don't. That is really good. I love that you ended it, and this is how I want to end the show, because we have about two, three minutes left, on, you ended it on coming to other people and utilizing their strength in a situation where you feel weak. We have got to get over this concept of fighting battles alone that we cannot fight alone. Now, hey, there are some battles that we have to fight alone. Okay? And it's just, it's between us and God. You know what I mean? But but honestly, I'm telling you, when it comes to this thing about depression and when it comes to, you know, a lot of the conversations we've been having centered around it, it requires us getting out of our comfort zone and putting ourselves into the light. Because if we're in darkness and, and we're we're keeping it a secret how we really feel, right? shame breeds in darkness. And Definitely. when we're ashamed... It's hard to get free. We need other people to help us. We need people to pray for us. We need people to speak truth over us. We need people to shake us sometimes and, and speak bold truth over us and rattle us. I mean, right. I've had to have Dr. Victor, my husband, people that I love, my girlfriends, just shake me sometimes, not physically, but shake me in the spirit and just say, Caitlin, that is not true what you think right now. Right. Wake up. Right. This is who you really are. So some of you listening today, you need to humble yourself because it takes humility to ask for help. It does. And you need to actually call yourself, your friend on the phone or call your uh, someone that God's putting on your heart, a leader, someone who loves Jesus, though, someone yes, who isn't going to, someone who isn't going to feel sorry for you and and buy into the the lie with and validate you it. and validate that lie. They can validate validate your feelings and your emotions about it, but not someone who who you feel like you have to convince the truth to. Right. You need to call someone who can convince you of the truth, exactly, and call them and get help and call Stormbreakers. You know, give them your information and tell them we have a minute left, so you better talk quick. Tell them how to get a hold of you. It, you actually offer counseling services i do um so you, you can set up an appointment now online uh, through stormbreakers.org uh, you would just fill out the information online there um, or feel free to give me a call uh, i'm not sure if i can share my phone number yes. uh, 661-282-1616 again the number 661-282-1616 or go to stormbreakers.org uh, and you're welcome to sign up there. Uh, I'd love to answer any questions for you. We can talk uh, about how all this process works. Um, but really, my goal is to make sure that uh, this number is, is an interesting stat r- real quick. 35% yeah. of people believe that through prayer and reading alone, people can be healed. I want to improve that number. I want to make that better because I know absolutely th- through prayer and through healing, God can do it. Oh, it's such an honor to have you Thank and you. your beautiful wife who prayed for me, by the way. Mm-hmm. Sorry to put you on the spot, but I got to say this. She <laughs> prayed for me over the break. She's Miss Quiet Woman, but she's powerful. I yes, had a headache and she prayed for me and it sh- I just feel so much better. And this woman is on your team. 
Yeah. <laughs> you are blessed to have beautiful oh, children. I love these beautiful children of yours that are in the studio. I'm getting all emotional over here because I just see you, Daniel, as a mighty minister of God, but you're an image of family, of how God wants family to be. So thank you for your service. I honor your ministry. We love you. We we at Summit love you. Yeah. And if you want to look up Summit Bible College, go to summitbiblecollege.com. If you want to get your degree, Daniel's a graduate of ours. He's going to go back for his doctorate. He's soon going to be Dr. Daniel, and his wife is going to be Master Sarah. Hey. <laughs> We love you guys so much. Please tune in on podcast if you missed any part of the show. We are on The Summit Show through podcasts on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all the things. God bless you guys. Bye-bye. This broadcast is sponsored by Summit Bible College.